it's a passion that I didn't know I had, and I've uh, already met so many wonderful people uh, by stepping outside of myself and saying, hey, I'm a, I'm a writer. It was something I hadn't said before. You, you're, you are, I have been a lifelong writer, but I had never said to anybody, hey, I'm an author, hey, I'm a poet, I'm a writer. And uh, the first person that I told that was my son was my 16-year-old. We're driving down the street. And uh, I told him that I'd been working on this and that we were going to make a book. And I said, I'm going to be a children's author. And there was, he was the first person I had told that to. And uh, after that, it became really easy to tell other people that, to say, yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm, I write poetry for children, and I'm a children's author, and that's something that I do. It's a part of my life uh, that wasn't there two years ago. Hey there, you're dialed into Reboots, featuring stories about people who have been forced to start over in life or in business, all walks of life, anonymous or named, high profile or low down, Stories with heart, soul, and grit. Because knowing and sharing our stories is essential for living a life of joy, experiencing healthy relationships, and impacting the world around us in a positive way. Here's your host, Tracy Winchell. Episode R025 of the Reboots Podcast features a dear friend. Kathy Watson is the mother of two boys, one with special needs. She excels in a high-stress, high-profile career, and somehow she's found the time and the ability to become a published children's author. How did that happen? Well, in this interview, Kathy shares how a conversation with her mom about Kathy's health spurred a creative reboot that led to the publication of My City is a Fort, written illustrated and published as part of Fort Smith, Arkansas's 200th anniversary celebration in this 2018. We ask Kathy how she finds the time to write and edit, why it is that a childhood journaling habit helps spark new ideas, and why this new creative habit has helped her become a better wife and mother. Kathy also shares what it's like to shift the way she sees herself now as a poet and a children's author. We recorded this conversation at one of our favorite places on the planet, the Fort Smith Public Library. Thank you, Jennifer Goodson. Now, the week this episode is released, the Times Record and the Fort Smith Public Library are hosting a book signing for my City is a Fort, featuring Kathy and local illustrator Stacy Bates of Stacy B. Art. Hiya, Kathy. Thanks for inviting us into your life today. Thanks, Tracy. I'm really happy to be here. So we've been friends for a long, long time, and uh, we have endured some stressful moments and some wonderful moments in our friendship, and um, it is so cool to be able to talk to you about your new book. Thank you. Yeah, when I think about all of the uh, crazy projects that you and I have worked on over the years, this one is on the, the really joyful side of things. Yeah, and um, you just showed me some of the mock-ups. And to be able to to see that you've included in the illustration some of the stuff that we worked on together, oh my gosh, I could get a little bit verklempt. 
Yes. We've had that reaction from a number of people who found something very special and memorable to them about the community in the book, and that's what we're hoping people will get out of it. Yeah. And and I remember the day that you shared your children's fiction work with me the very first time, and um, I am fascinated by the process and how you became a children's book author, and um, how you find the time to do that. So I definitely want to talk about those things and share with our Reboots tribe. But first, I just want to ask you, what business activities are you involved in? What, what's your life like? Let's let the, the, our listeners get to know you a little bit the way I know you. Oh, that's um, difficult to describe. I think probably any uh, working mom could relate to the, the kind of life that I have every day. I work full-time. I'm a federal employee and have been for 20 years. Uh, and I have a, a family, a, a husband, and two sons. Uh, one of them is a special needs child, so that adds an extra element of, of time and complication onto everything we do. And so it's tough to balance it all. It really is. It really is. And and being a federal employee, it, it doesn't give you advantages. It requires a lot of sacrifice when you want to do things like this. And and maybe the public doesn't understand that. Um, just in terms of how you really have to keep your creative life separate from your federal life. It, there, there, are, there are a lot of restrictions and uh, ethics rules and things, and so which is good. You know, but your taxpayer dollars aren't being spent to you know support someone's uh, side interests and hobbies and things like that. So, but it does require a lot of creativity to on the childcare side uh, to balance that with work and and then with things that are dear to my heart that as as a mom are the hardest things to make time for. Yeah. So, tell me about your reboots. Uh describe your reboot. Is it a is it a moment, a a, a coincidence, a choice, maybe a series of choices? I, I think for me it's uh, something that's happened over time and the, the reboot is is the personal side. It's really rebooting uh, the things that I'm the most passionate about. Because as as a mom and a career person, you know, those are the things that you end up focusing your time and your passion on. And I found, especially over the last couple of years, that I, I was not making any time at all uh, for the things that were important to me, whether it be taking care of my health, uh, t- taking care of my own hobbies. Uh, and I had a conversation uh, with my mom last year when uh, I had gotten particularly sick, and she said, do you have any hobbies? Do you, anything at all? And I thought about it, and everything I could think of was something that I did 10 years ago. I used to go and do this, and I used to go and do that, and I found that I was not doing those things anymore. But uh, And th- that was a huge turning point for me last year. But this book itself started that process um, about two years ago when we were starting to get ready for the Bicentennial in Fort Smith, Arkansas, and we're trying to think of something really special to do for children. And that that was my focus uh, in that committee, trying to come up with events and things to make children really excited about their city and uh, to give them a little piece of it. And so as I was uh, driving to Little Rock one day, which was about two and a half hour drive, the, the theme, the initial line really popped into my head that uh, our city was a fort and forts are amazing and cool, and we all build forts, or the, you know, in your living room or in your backyard. And what you put in that fort and the adventures that you have around it are are the fun part. 
And so when I envisioned Fort Smith, Arkansas as a fort that children build, that was really exciting to me. And I thought about all the fun things that they do and see and what they would want to put in their special fort uh, and how that related to the city. And that's how the, the poem, it really is a poem, came about. So the opening line is, my city is a fort, and as all kids know, a fort is a place where adventures grow. And then it goes on and uh, talks about the adventures the kids have, and every, every word in it refers to something specific that the children can see or experience in the community. So in, in the process of writing that, I, I had a lot of fun. And uh, it's funny to me that you mentioned the time when, when you and I were having lunch and I showed you uh, that, uh, that story. You were the first person I ever showed a story to <laughs> outside of my house. I think my husband had read one, and uh, you know, I let the kids just to, to try things out on them. Well, I but sat there and cried. I, I did, too. I, I had never shared that with anyone, and the fact that you had that reaction was so encouraging to me to go, oh, I'm on, I'm on the right path. I really am, um, because I've, I've been a writer my whole life, probably like you, and it was probably third or fourth grade when someone bought me one of those little uh, diaries with the key in it to oh yeah. have one of those yeah the little metal key little brass key put a piece of yarn on it hide it under the bed so your big brother you know can't see what secret things you have going on when you're seven and uh, but that moment on whoever bought that for me i need to thank because from that moment on i always kept track of of my life i wrote things down um so i know who i was playing with and you know um what my brother and i were doing and uh what boy I had a crush on or, you know, what award I won at school or things that I was sad about. And it really became an, a lifelong outlet for me and, uh, and really turned me into a writer. I wrote poems, I wrote stories, and all throughout junior high and high school. It just was something that I always did when I had free time. It was what I wanted to be doing. And so it, it wasn't a surprise to anybody that I ended up going to journalism school and, and you know, becoming a writer on the media and professional side. But that creative side, the, the stuff that I had been doing, uh, is what, what really got lost. And I was focused on the kind of writing that I thought I should be doing. People always tell you in, in the writing side to, you know, write what you know. Like, okay, I know a lot about media and government, and I know a lot about customer service and those sort of things, and I've had some life experiences. It would be fun. So I've written countless chapters to... Uh, nonfiction books about those topics and then uh, novels that uh, relate to those things that I can bring knowledge to. And then they, I never get very far. I get about two or three chapters in and then, you know, they just get set aside. I've Why got is a that? pile of those. I don't know. And that, and I didn't know. And I thought, well, maybe I just don't have enough time to work on them. But I never, um, I never had fun with them or were very passionate about them. I just felt like that's the kind of writing I, I should be doing. Uh, and so when this particular project came about, when I got the idea for My City is a Fort, and I started writing that poem uh, in the car that day, I wrote most of it in the car in the, the two hours, just talking out loud to my, my iPhone. Uh, I couldn't get it out of my head after that. In that I was waking up in the morning thinking about something else I wanted to put in there, and I, I was having so much fun with it. And I, it really sparked, really sparked something. And that's when I wrote the story that I ended up showing to you. And, and, and it wasn't finished yet. Oh, then. no, no. And just throwing things in. But that, that initial um, poem for children uh, was so much fun. 
that I, I was mentally forced to create time for this fun. Uh, and that uh, combined with, you know, my mother telling me I needed a hobby. God bless our mom. I know. Thanks, mom. Uh, really set me on a, on a new path to go, wow, A, I need to do this for myself. But B, this is, this is really what I love. And this is, uh, this is my passion. And I didn't know it. I didn't know I needed to do this. I do not know about the publishing industry. I do not know. I, I don't have a degree in literature or an experience in this. Just I have a lifetime of writing and, uh, and found something that really speaks to me. And so that's, that's what I've started doing. So you, so you wrote most of this mm-hmm. in the car. Yes. That's how I write most things. Yes. Wow. And... That's- and then that's the only time I have. And then you start showing a few people, mm-hmm. like I think I know what I want to do with this, but I don't know how to do it. But see, that is so you, Kathy. It's like we've got this problem. We may have a solution, but the solution is something we don't know anything about. So what happened next with with my city as a fort? Well, we took uh, the poem to the bicentennial committee, and uh, my friend Megan Rayner, who's one of the chairs, and she wanted to do something with it. But again, we didn't know what, and we felt like, okay, we don't have much knowledge on this, but we have an idea. We think it's really great. We have no idea what to do with it. We're not artists or publishers and so took it to the committee and everybody had great ideas um on where we could go with it and i just started talking to people and just every opportunity somebody that might know someone who knew how we could do this maybe someone was an artist or had a friend or something in the community and our our community is like that though you know if you just um you just talk to enough people, someone is going to go raise their hand and say, oh, yes, that's wonderful. I want to do that. And I knew if I just talked to enough people and shared uh, our, our passion for this and what we wanted to do for kids in the bicentennial year, that people would be excited about it. We've uh, done that a few and times. And they were, yes, yeah. they were. So that at that initial bicentennial meeting where I showed it to them, um, I, I left there. And I, I got back to the office, and I had, I had 10 emails from people who were in that meeting saying, hey, are you making a subcommittee? I want to be on it. And I, I didn't even ask for a committee at that point. So you know you've hit a good project when, when people volunteer and you haven't even asked uh, because we wanted to create some events to go along with it, not, not just a book, but we wanted to do some other fun things for children. We had a lot of ideas. Uh, one of them is a, a fort building competition that we're going to do in July. And with that, boxes with and stuff, real right? boxes, yes. And they're going to teams of kids, and they're going to make cardboard forts out in this open field, and it's going to be a blast. And so we all got very excited about those kind of things, and those took off faster, uh, the, the children's events. And then I had the book portion, and I had to keep wandering around as I ran into people and suggesting it. And finally, um, a... a, a one of the business people in the community said, "Hey, we need to talk to the uh, we need to talk to the Times Record, Crystal Costa, who's the publisher regionally uh, for Gatehouse Media." And said, "Yeah, we need to go talk to Crystal and just see if she has any ideas on what we could do with this." And so uh, I sat down um, for coffee with Crystal, hoping she'd have some ideas. And she looked at it. And she said, "I want to do this. We're we're going to do this." And uh, I kind of told her what we had been thinking because. We were thinking like a merry band of volunteers, you know, real grassroots guerrilla projects. And, and she said, oh, no, we're going to make this. This is a this is a hardback illustrated children's book. I, we know how to do this. And that was the person that, that we needed to be talking to, someone who ex- knew exactly what to do with this. 
and yeah, she fell in love with it like we did right away. And uh, yeah, it happened, felt like a miracle, but it was something that, that just took perseverance. You know, and, and we could have stopped at any point. And then he found the illustrator who is perfect. Oh, it's local. is amazing. Yeah, and I had not uh, met her. Crystal, again, uh, the publisher, uh, said, yes, we want to do this. She said, I'll find an illustrator. And she set out to find someone, and she found uh, Stacy Bates, who's known uh, locally for as Stacy B, Stacy B Art, and does a lot of, uh, of work illustrating. She does amazing pen and ink work for all over the region. And uh, she also is an art teacher, uh, an elementary art teacher. So she knows kids really well. And she is from Fort Smith. And so uh, she, they, Crystal took the poem to her, and she wanted to do it. Uh, and so they worked out a deal. But I, I knew it was the right thing. I had not met her. And uh, so Crystal gave her the poem. And then Stacy emailed us back with some notes about what she pictured on each page. And I, I had those sitting out one day, and a friend of mine saw them, and they thought they were my notes because I had described to them what I thought this book would look like, and it was exactly what Stacy thought uh, it should look like. And, and so I was just so thrilled when I met her. We had the exact same vision in our head uh, for what we wanted to be in it. Uh, and then afterwards, uh, we were walking out to our cars, and she said, you know, a couple, like a year or so ago, um, I was working on some illustrations um, of important landmarks and uh, iconic things around the city because she was thinking about creating a calendar uh, just as part of her artwork. And so there were a number of things in the book she had already drawn pictures of, and, and she had worked on that calendar and just kind of set it aside and you know, didn't have time to work on it. And then this walks in the door, uh, and this poem and this book that is something that she needed this artwork for. And that was her little miracle, and I knew I'd got teared up talking to her about it. I had to give her a big hug and say, "This, this is we're supposed to be doing this together. Right? This is our this is our baby." So you've both been working on a book that you didn't know would exist someday. Yeah, we were, we were, and we didn't know how, and we just took the right people to bring us together. So I'm, as always, I'm convinced if you just if you just say out loud the things that you want to do and the goals that you have and the projects that you're working on, you're going to find the right people. Someone is, is out there looking for what you're working on. Yeah. What was it like when you got the, the proofs back? I mean, I, I've specifically not touched them yet because I want to save that moment for later when I'm not so emotional. And I can't imagine what it was like for you to hold those proofs in your hand. It was so exciting. Stacy uh, initially put a lot of the illustrations into a Dropbox and that we could all see and share. And so I had looked at it on my computer and, Every time I, I just was so thrilled. But the morning that uh, Crystal walked into a bicentennial meeting, uh, and and she slapped it down on the table to show to everybody, was the first time I had seen it on paper, and it it surprised me how different that was. You see, yeah, you see these this great artwork on you know on your laptop, uh, but having it in my hand and having our names on it and people passing it around the room and getting to experience it and me watching them experience it was, was just overwhelming. I was glad that it happened that way. I, I had, a, had a little trouble holding it together, but uh, it was really exciting. I can't wait for it to come out. Well, let's, let's shift gears just a little bit because okay. that's, that's amazing. Um, I'm so proud of you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you've talked a little bit about that you've always been a writer as mm-hmm. as as a child um h- how did journaling 
help you sort through life? Journaling was incredibly helpful in in sorting through life. And I don't know at at what age it really became the most important to me, but I, I, I have those journals, and I can look back at junior high and high school and just this need to... Um, to share the things going on, and I've always had uh, words in my head, and I'm a very talkative person, and so I think that was part of it too. I didn't, I, no one would sit and listen to me for that long to tell all the things that were on my head, but uh, I, I had a place to put it, I had a place to express it, uh, and especially as a young person, the things that maybe you don't want to tell other people, and uh, you get those things expressed on paper, uh, and then as I got into uh, into college and times when I was having trouble concentrating you're supposed to be working on a a paper about you know who knows foreign policy since 1945 is the one that comes to my head and uh, I I learned uh, from in one of my writing professors um, from that class you're required to take uh, as a freshman in college and uh, she suggested that when you sit down to work on something, especially something you don't want to be working on, that you should first get off of your head the things that are there, the things that you you do want to think about and and the things that are keeping you from concentrating. And so I got into that habit uh, in college that whenever I sat down to work on a paper, I would spend the first 15 minutes typing out whatever happened to me that day, what was on my head, what was going on, what I was worried about, what I was excited about. And that, that opened it up. It was out. And, and then I could concentrate on what I was working on. And that became a lifelong habit uh, that I do still, just to get that stuff out there. Uh, and then later, uh, it became important as a parent to get those things on there from a, a record-keeping Especially purpose. with a special needs child. Yes, yeah. you know, I've got record-keeping issues, and I've got, I'm a big, uh, I was, a, for several years when I had more time, I, I love scrapbooking, and I love, I'm a journalist. I've always, you know, always been a news reporter, and so I'm, I'm a news reporter about my own family, so I, I'm taking the pictures and I'm writing things down. But it's the day-to-day stuff that I find the most interesting. The little, the little note that you know somebody came home from school with this problem, or uh, we went to a birthday party, whatever it is. Those, it's those life moments that, when I look back a couple of years at those notes, that make me the happiest. And that you are going back to your childhood writings mm-hmm. for inspiration for future children's books. Wow. Tell me about that. I That's a suggestion I, I love to make to other writers and to try to get back into the head of a child. I know uh, a lot of writers who are parents, and so that's a wonderful thing. Your kids, they get to take you back into that place with them uh, of how a child thinks at different ages. But it's been so valuable to me to have those journals from my early life to know what was a third grader worried about. Uh, you know, the I, I thought my, I remember one in particular I, I looked at recently where I thought uh, that my friends were only coming over to play because they wanted, you know, to play with my dog because I had a new dog. And I was kind of jealous of that. And, and that's something that wouldn't have occurred to me now uh, or the, the different creative things that I wrote at that time. So I love to take that and, and make stories about them. Um, I've got one that I've been working on diligently uh, for a while that's based on a, a short story that I wrote in eighth grade uh, about aliens that come to Earth trying to find Earth's leader, and they think, um, they think that dogs 
are in charge of the planet. See, and I so, only mm-hmm. figured out about six months ago you're into sci-fi. Oh, yes. Which is amazing. sci-fi fans. And so yes. now your children's <laughs> books are getting infused with sci-fi, oh, like yeah. future project got, ideas. Oh, got. yeah. Yeah, I've got stuff about uh, robots. My, um, my older son, when he was five or six was on this huge robot kick and he would just draw every time he had a minute and a pen in his hand he would draw these robots and they're just crazy crazy little kid drawings and they're wonderful and I I wasn't sure what a lot of them were and but he had a pile of them and so I asked him and I wrote on each one you know what they were and they were you know you know a guard robot and a pirate robot and um, my favorite one was the root beer robot because it has like two little stick people in it and it's him and his buddy and they're making root beer for all their friends and I thought that was the greatest thing ever so I, I took all of those and I just I put them in a three ring binder for later and we still have those so that um, that's a story that I'm working on is that robot shop and um, his robots and what kind of robot a kid would build uh, from his mind and yeah, all of that has been extremely valuable. Just being a lifelong record keeper has allowed me to just to easily find inspiration for stories. You have any tips or or ideas for parents who uh, whose refrigerators are full? I mean, I'm not a parent, and I have some friends uh, who are youngsters, and they love to draw me stuff, and I love to put it <laughs> on my my bathroom mirror. But they got so full recently, I had to put some of them away. Yeah. I would love to be able to save those and give them to them. How do you keep those things to give them to those kids later when they're adults? And maybe they've got a creative bent that they want to explore from childhood. Mine has been real old school. I, I honestly have three ring binders and little plastic sleeves, and I, I stick them in there and uh, and make make things, you know, make books out of them from, um, like, each school year or, you know, a particular, like, Zane's robots have had to take a whole binder because there are so <laughs> many of them. For me, I have other friends that uh, take pictures of them just take pic- because their kids come home with so much artwork that they will, and they'll keep uh, digital files of them so that they can go back and enjoy them and the kids can see them without taking up boxes full of paper. But it's your recommendation to do something. Even if they're way behind and it's in a big pile, don't worry about the how. It's just start somewhere. Do something with them. Yes. And um, especially, I like the picture-taking idea. I I moved recently. So the picture-taking idea now uh, is much preferable to me than the way (laughs) I've been doing it. It's hard to move those binders and scrapbooks. Uh, But just... Just having them uh, is, is such an inspiration and really helps me get back into the kid view. And I know they'll mean a lot um, to my kids when they're older. So we've got a couple of more questions that I want to ask you about uh, creativity before we kind of move on and talk about what your next projects are. The first thing is, how the heck do you find time? I mean, do you do everything in the car using your iPhone dictation device or I mean when do you edit I yeah I have to carve out time and that uh, you and I've had conversations about that that's really been my goal for this year is to schedule creativity which seems crazy no uh, but it did to me I thought I, I thought I needed these big flows of time uh, but I found that my 20 minute commute from one side of town to the other in the morning is my my major uh, writing time and it is it's it's just me dictating to my phone whatever crazy idea I have that morning, or uh, I'll try to look at 
uh, one of my stories right before I get in the car and, and just brainstorm about it while I'm driving and, and throw ideas out there. Uh, I rhyme naturally for some reason. My brain rhymes, which isn't always good. Uh, uh, not everybody likes rhyming stories, but uh, that's uh, most of my stories are written first as a rhyme because that's how they come out of my head. Uh, and then I, I end up editing. I've been um, scheduling one lunch a week with myself uh, where I sit at the coffee shop or the tea shop by my office, and I take that hour, and I go sit over there, and I, I look at what I've been working on and um, cut and edit and add. And that's when I do that that portion of it. I, I try to at home, and it, it just doesn't happen. I have to do it away from the house when it's just my time. And those are the two times I have. I have about one, one lunch hour a week and a 20-minute commute. You just get the words into like a notes program yep. or something like that, and I then do. do you do you um, edit on your phone or do you have a computer that you you pull up your notes and edit from there? How do you I do? do that? I yeah, I use my my phone and my iPad. So yeah, I use the notes program on my phone, and that's what I I dictate and brainstorm in, and then yeah, and then I'll open it up. Mostly, uh, I usually use Pages. That's on my super iPad. easy. It is. It's so easy, and then I can you know. Print. I got a wireless printer at home, so I can just print from there. And I've learned that I, I do need to print them out regularly because sometimes they get lost digitally. So I, I do print them out and keep a hard file of things. But yeah, that's all. I, those those two bits, and that's all I need. And I can do it anywhere. That is so cool. Keep it simple. Yep, that's it. That's all I need to do. It's just carving out the time and using what I already have. All right, next question on, on, on creativity as we, we wrap this up. I want to back up a little bit where, where you said you've been writing for years about things that you know about and then they don't get finished. Mm-hmm. What was it like for you to step into a thing where, that you thought you didn't know about writing children's books and then realize that you do know a lot about that from your own childhood? It's been really freeing uh, to realize how much how much I knew, uh, just from my love of reading and stories, and the fact that I, I've have uh, had small children over the last sixteen years. I've read in an, a lot more children's books than uh, most people have, and so uh, that experience I had a lot of background and knowledge that I didn't realize that I had, uh, and honestly, it was it's just. Uh, the way it has felt, and that's how I've known that it was the right, the right thing to do. And whether or not another book gets published or not, it's the right thing for me to be doing just for myself, uh, and and to share with other people. It, it's a passion that I didn't know I had, and I've already met so many wonderful people uh, by stepping outside of myself and saying, "Hey, I'm a I'm a writer." It was something I hadn't said before. You, you, you are, I have been a lifelong writer, but I had never said to anybody, hey, I'm an author. Hey, I'm a poet. I'm a writer. And uh, the first person that I told that was my son was my 16-year-old. We are driving down the street, and uh, I told him that I'd been working on this and that we were going to make a book. And I said, I'm going to be a children's author. And that was, he was the first person I had told that to. And uh, after that, it became really easy to tell other people that, to say, yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm, I write poetry for children, and I'm a children's author. And that's something that I do. It's a part of my life uh, that wasn't there two years ago. How did that change everything in your life when you realized 
that you really did need to take mom's advice and do some things for you to to unleash your creativity? It really changed everything. Uh, it not only on uh, for me, but for my family as a whole. Uh, you don't realize the dynamics you know, that you have in your relationships and your friendships, and uh, by stepping back and uh, redoing my priorities a little bit, I realized that they are better off when I take care of myself, that I'm a happier person, that I'm a better mom, uh, that I'm healthier when I take care of the things that I need to take care of in, instead of just giving, giving, giving uh, all of the time. And I think that's made our, our whole family uh, a lot stronger, and it's given us all something to rally around. So what's next for you? A lot of things. Um, we've got the book coming out in, in April, May time frame, and I'm working on a lot of different projects, and uh, I plan to take the next couple of years to really develop those, and um, I'm learning about the industry. Uh, I set up about six months ago to start doing my own research and uh, forming networks and meeting other authors and meeting literary agents, and I'm just in the very beginning stages of that process to, um, to see if I can do a lot more with this, but it's been so much fun. I've learned so much just really getting to explore this this whole new industry. So how do you do that? I mean, I, I know you and I are a lot alike in some ways. You have a plan. I've noticed uh, you're you're doing some Twitter. You've got a website, and you're doing some blogging regularly. How do you yes. fit that into your schedule? Uh, you know, my first step was uh, part of that uh, admitting that I'm a writer. I love the way you put it. When I first started my blog, you posted something that uh, that your friend Kathy Watson was writing in public. I thought that was funny because it was true. That was me writing in public. And that was the, the first step, was starting that blog and uh, and starting to share thoughts and find find that voice and figure out what I want to be talking about uh, and, and what I'm passionate about just in a very free way. So uh, that was my first step. And then I came to the library uh, and, and started learning, um, checked out books about the industry, about how to find literary agents, um, started joining writing groups and interacting with other writers and learning and uh, discovered that the publishing industry is uh, very heavily online and especially active on Twitter these days. And, and so that was wonderful. So by using social media, I've been able to tap into and uh, see what they're talking about, see what they're looking for, uh, better understand the industry and see if what I'm writing is of interest to anyone and how to do those. Uh, I joined an uh, organization that is the Society for Children's Writers and Editors. I'll have to find the I forget what it's called. It has a long acronym, but it's a wonderful international organization that is specifically for writers of children's books and illustrators. Uh, that has conferences and networking. And so, yeah, just, just stepped outside of myself and said, hey, I'm a writer, and uh, starting to learn how to do that. I've got no doubt that there's a listener right this minute listening to Kathy's story who wants to get started and to try their hand at a thing they've been wanting to do a long, long time. Is there a a daily habit, maybe a 10 or 15 minute habit that you would recommend just to get them started to see if maybe they're interested? For me, it's car time. It's looking at taking a, a really strong look at your day and seeing what you're not using 
wisely. What free time do you have or what could be free time that maybe um, you're spending in, in unproductive ways? And, and that's how I broke down that it's in the car, that that's the 20 minutes where I actually could be doing something I could uh, productive. Uh, I always loved the story of J.K. Rowling because that's where she wrote the Harry Potter books was on a train on her way to and from work. She had a long commute. And uh, so those are, I think those are wonderful open opportunities. Uh, but that's it. First, identifying where that is and, and forcing yourself to do something for yourself. Then saying, yeah, but I'm not going to spend that 20 minutes or that hour at the coffee shop that I spend. I could spend that running errands. I have a really long list of things each day that I, I need to be doing. But making yourself a priority has been the hardest part for me and has been the thing that has made the biggest difference. I wrapped up an interview earlier this week that, that by the time this podcast is released, the other will have been released. It's uh, a conversation I had with Andy Traub in Nashville, Tennessee. He talked about the importance of doing a thing because it's the right thing, not because you're going to worry about how many people um, actually view your blog post or watch your YouTube video. So for you, as a content creator, obviously you have higher aspirations, but let's pretend that everything goes away in terms of becoming a published children's author after My City is a Fort. Does that matter to you? No, it really doesn't. It's been so fun, and I've gained so much by writing again and by sharing thoughts with people and and having even just my friends read the blog and respond, and it's opened up conversations. It's made my friendships deeper by sharing with people who I am in ways that I hadn't before. Uh, and, And so for me, that's been the most exciting part of writing in public is that I'm sharing um, I'm sharing myself with people because we're all extremely busy I don't have unfortunately a lot of time to to have lunch with people very often um, and because I have a special needs child we don't go to a lot of events or do the things that maybe other families would do so it's difficult to make friendships frequently uh, and and so that's been really wonderful for me because in, in sharing myself that way publicly, it really has strengthened a lot of friendships and made new friendships. I've met so many people, and I, I feel like I've uh, regained a part of of my life identity in being a creative person because I'd forgotten I'd forgotten I was a creative person. Well, Miss Alta, your mom, I just can't thank her enough that um, she sparked this thing in you that allows us to have the gift of you in public. And um, it's, it's been a blessing to be able to share you with a lot of other people. And I know you, you're not always into that so much. You just kind of go about your business, and you're you, and you're precious, and I appreciate you. And I do have one more question, two more questions. What advice or encouragement do you have for somebody who has this great idea? I know you've given them habits, but how would you encourage them, because you're a heck of an encourager, to just do it? I always just want people to be the best of who they are. And I think a lot of that 
has come from being a special needs parent and having a, a different understanding. We have expectations for ourselves, like with me and my lofty uh, writing these great American novels that I thought I was supposed to be writing or these, you know, these great works. Uh, and, and I'm really much better at writing poems about robots and dust bunnies and things like that. Uh, but And I think that uh, changed greatly for me by having a special needs child and being able to look at, at each person and, and say, what can we do to make you the best possible version of you? And so that, that's been what I had to turn around on myself and say, yeah, what's going to make me the best possible version of me for my family, for myself, and, and for everyone else? And that's what my wish is for everyone, to be able to look at themselves in the way that, um, that I do, in the way that you know, I work with the, the children and say, wow, how do we get you there? What, uh, what talents do you have? And what is your love and your strengths? And uh, how do we get there? So where does somebody find My City is a Fort? Well, it's going to be available very soon uh, in the hardback version, but they are doing pre-orders already uh, on Times Record Books. And, yeah, the people can use, there's a coupon code there, they told me. Uh, so if the pre-orders, there's a discount on the pre-orders of it, and then it'll be available in early May. We'll have some book signing events around the region and, and get to share it with, uh, with children. It's been so exciting because the, uh, the publisher went out to the community and uh, asked businesses if they might like to sponsor different schools so that our, our main goal of getting the book to children for free is going to happen because uh, every elementary school in the city was sponsored. And so every book, every school will get multiple copies of the books for their classrooms and their libraries and people in the community will be reading it to them. And I'm in. Count all me the in. kids, you want to come read? We're going to have so much fun. I am so in. And so that was the number one goal of, of uh, sharing the city with children is what happened. And, and that's the greatest gift for all of us. Well, you know, we've, we've got uh, listeners all over the world, and I, I've seen the mock-up. And I just haven't touched it yet, but I'm getting ready to. Um, and it is clearly something that you don't have to be from Fort Smith to love this book because it's amazing. No, thank you. It's, it's just about, it's about kids and our dreams and what each one of us, what, what little Kathy wanted to be when she, when she grew up. And, and each one of the children in there looking at their own city and imagining uh, what they could become and, and how we help them do that. And that's, that's what it's about. Thanks, Kathy. I am. Thank you, Tracy. It's been so much fun. Eternally grateful for your friendship and all of the stuff that we've gotten to experience together. And um, what a privilege it is for me to introduce you to other people. Thank you so much. Thanks, Tracy. I love it. Good to see you. It is such a joy to watch this project come to life and to see Kathy thrive from writing in public. Now, whether your children are from Fort Smith or never heard of this beautiful river city on the Arkansas-Oklahoma border, you and your kids are going to love this book. The story is fun. The book's illustrator is Stacy Bates. She is a children's art teacher here locally, and she created some really fun little activities that help keep even younger kids 
well, who am I kidding, even adults involved in the story. Now, in the show notes, you're going to find a link to buy the book. Uh, plus, we're going to hook you up with Kathy's blog with Stacy's illustrations. Plus, we're going to provide you with more information about the City of Fort Smith's bicentennial celebration, including the fort building contest that's coming up that corresponds with the book, My City is a Fort. You're going to find the show notes at rebootspodcast.com forward slash episode two five. I'm Tracy Winchell, and we'll see you next time. Deo Valente. We hope this episode has helped you in some way. If so, we'd love to hear from you. Maybe someone you care about might benefit from the Reboots Podcast. It's easy to share from our website, rebootspodcast.com. The Reboots Podcast is a production of Winchell Storyworks Incorporated, a company dedicated to helping businesses and individuals know, share, and live their stories in order to impact the world around us in a positive way and to achieve financial freedom.